0: Can you sail under the command of a pirate? Can you not? If you don't listen to you. I don't think you're a bad guy. The only thing we have for fear is fear itself. This nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed, Words are things, we hold these must be, be so careful. Careful about calling people out of their names. I kept
1: coming back to it just trying to figure out where in the world we had gone so wrong that it had ended up here.
0: Well, I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your huckleberry. Why, Johnny Ringo, you look like somebody just walked over your grave. Fight's not with you, Holiday. I beg to differ, sir. We started a game we never got to finish. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? What we've got here is failure to communicate. Some man
1: you just can't read. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. You don't tell your papa how to cut the electric. We ain't one at a time in here. We're mass communication. Oh, yeah. you're not entertained. That's in
0: the a train? powerful are you for. Are junior! not entertained? Yeah. It? why you are here.
1: And welcome to the Pirate Professor podcast. This is your captain speaking. Hey, crew. What's going on? Hopefully you're doing well this week. It is a, uh, lovely, lovely day. It's that, uh, kind of perfect weather when the weather, the temperature's just right. And the sun's shining, and the nights are crisp, but not too cold. We're kind of in that, you know, it's, it's, fl- it's, I'm recording this in the fall for future listeners. Um... It's that perfect time when, you know, it's good camp, what you just call good campfire weather. It's not too cold to be outside, but it's cool enough the bugs are gone. I was sitting outside earlier, just kind of enjoying the evening. Uh, sun still, actually, even now, hasn't gone down, but there was a bat flying around the yard doing its thing. Which is kind of cool, because, you know, you normally don't get to watch bats work that well, or work, do their thing, except at night, and then, you know, it's night, so it's hard to see. Um, Yeah, I think just flying around the yard, going after it, and get those mosquitoes, wherever they may be, or whatever, little critters. It was after, so I guess the early bat gets the whatever it wants. Um... So you may have noticed, or you may not have noticed, there wasn't a uh, specific lecture for the photography chapter. Uh, there is a PowerPoint, and that is definitely important for you to keep up with and look at. Um, but the reason I didn't do a lecture on that chapter is because I, you know, I had two different podcasts there from two different photographers. Uh, one uh, my friend david holloway and uh the other one from my new friend greg Kindleball. ball uh dave is a he's just a, he's a photographer at the top of his game or i uh, he didn't like it when i said that but he's just a he's a photographer who is at a operating at a very high level i'll just put it that way and you know Professionally, he works at a high level and works with the kind of people who most of us only just get to see, you know, online or on TV. Uh, And then Greg is uh, a—he's also a photographer. He's worked for you know a lot of different things, Uh, but more specifically, he's a photo editor now, which means he's the guy back at the office or actually at his house. He's the guy going through all the photos and making and getting the best ones, and then doing all the edits and you know doing the things that they need. Um, and he's a photo editor for the New York Times. So again, these are these are guys who operate at a very high level and really know what they're talking about. And um, and while I would consider myself a photographer, and I guess I'm, you know I'm a pretty good one, they're better. So in that particular case, I'm I just defer to them and, and let them. Share their experience. Um, we're moving into the world of video now, which is really—it's part of my uh, audio and video specifically, um, and that's been part of my wheelhouse for a while. Um, so I have some—I'll I'll be able to share some inside with that. Um, you know, from things like we're doing right now, you know, or I'm doing with the podcast on the audio side, and you know, things with the video. So some of you may have YouTube, you know, stuff going on. I have a YouTube channel that I push and, uh, you know, it's done pretty well over the years. So heck, why not? Let's just talk about it and, you know, try to, um, try to move the needle, you know, a little bit, move ourselves ahead, level up per se. Um, the thing, going back to the photography chapter for a minute, um, I didn't, uh, didn't give you a lecture there um, but one of the assignments the art of seeing I'm, I'm kind of curious how seriously you took that um, if you are planning on taking and or working in the world of videography if, like, see, if a lot of you out there may be broadcast students if you plan on doing that I cannot encourage you enough to take photography courses. To learn the visual aspects of photography. Will roll perfectly over into videography. You're doing the same basic things. Except one, you know, still photography. It's it's still video photography. is photography in motion. And so, you're, you know, you're adding an extra dimension to it. Um, but photographers... Good photographers very often make some of the best videographers, um, but what I've seen from people who are trying to be videographers who have never taken the time to learn photography, uh, very often their work is lacking um, because they don't fully understand Visual elements, and they don't understand framing, and they don't understand exposure, and why you do certain things in certain ways. And so, you know, learning the technical side of it is is one part, but the other is just learning to see the world um, through the eyes of a photographer. That changes everything. If you if you learn, I ended up you know with one of my graduate students last week. Um, I was trying, I was giving her kind of a a quick photography lesson and literally we were playing with iPhones and drawing in the dirt. This is, you know, trying to, you know, explain how, how you frame things, how you look at things and how light affects them, you know, and, and pay, part of it is not just paying attention to the thing that you want to capture, but paying attention to the edges of your frame to see what, what, what you're including or not including. And if you're even noticing that, because that's one of the things I've noticed a lot, is people who who aren't really good photographers aren't really paying attention to the overall frame. Like they see the thing or the person that they want to capture and that's all they focus on. They get a tunnel vision on that thing. But they don't necessarily frame that thing very well. And so you have to learn to frame things. Um, you know, it's it's not just about seeing a thing. Uh, the way the photographer is going to see it, it's it. Or, it's not just about letting your audience know or see what you see, but very often it's also about letting your audience feel what you're feeling in that moment, and that takes time and practice and a in a careful eye, and you really, 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 really. Um, need to work on that now do you have to take a photography class now you I mean there's obviously you know there's YouTube there's online stuff there's there's things out there learning you know basic stuff like exposure learning the rule of thirds you know learning how different compression formats work uh, when we are talking about digital photography um, you know different file formats by the way that's all in your uh, PowerPoint and hopefully you're going over all that um, but that's stuff that you can read you can look up its it's the technical information that you need to have um, kinda of work in the world of digital photog- photography and uh, videography and graphic design and all kinds of multimedia applications it's just really useful stuff um, oh yeah so I guess by the way for those who may just be randomly listening to this podcast this is for my intro to multimedia class uh, so i hope you guys are um, clued in paying attention and everybody else just you know enjoy the ride because we're going to be talking about audio and video today and i guess i guess that's uh that's enough for now i'll jump into the powerpoint i'm going to share some music today from my uh... buddy rob mccormick you can find him uh, online and download his music wherever he's simply known as some guy named rob uh... all one word some guy named rob find him on facebook instagram twitter the interweb and very often you can find him playing he's a uh... real life troubadour if you find uh, places that whenever we get back to having live music and venues that'll be a, a thing we do all right well uh, let's play some music and we'll get to the powerPoint or we'll get to the lecture
0: This empty head, this empty sheet This feeling that won't let me get to sleep Our angry mouths are empty All the words are said And the echo is still ringing in my head See, can is always a get stung You can't apologize And say it's fine It's like an echo That distorts Everything sounds So much worse Restraint i found Is worth a thousand words You can feel the tension Gather from your fingers To your toes But you can't unring bells so the story goes down beneath the surface, down below what's been said, we we'll play it over and over in our heads, replacing misused words with self-righteous indignation, and fixing all our faults and our imagination. Fragment our sentences, we stutter through a moan Replacing them with quips that strike the bone And the replay is much better, it's where I left you weeping bitterly But the truth is so much worse than it should be there's a deeper sense to life and what you see on movies and TV after the music swells the lights come on the credits roll and you leave and if the story finished say Snow White and Cinderella Miss White suffers from addiction and Cindy ran off with some fellow who promised her the world and gave her some and now we're strung out in suburbia. The kids, it ain't that cute. And is this the way we wanna take it? Find out who can hurt the most. Or will we bleed this thing out white as a ghost? And all for no victory, we both stand in defeat. By hurting you in turn I just hurt me The day we spent together Was never quite enough But every second spent apart Was way too much Now everything is choice And love's a full-time job Some days you get a raise Some days it lays you off The trick is to remember there's no trick at all some days you make the grade some days you take the fall it wasn't always like this and it's not how it should be i know this isn't you cause it's not me i'm this truth between these strings and ignore the tension and yeah, harmony in these things. A prayer for our redemption. Because everything's made new, and love is not a choice. And I still call you machines to hear your voice. And every day we spend together is never. Every second span apart is still too much Yeah, the trick is to keep trying No, there's no trick at all Just forgive and then forget and then go so The truth is all too simple Life is short and bittersweet In the end, I'll let you have a
1: One of the things I really like about Rob's music is he tells stories, uh, which is effectively what we're here to do. Um, in the world of journalism, ultimately, our job is to tell stories. Um, and when we do them, you know, in, in whatever brushes that we we paint with, um, sometimes, you know, our brush is, is, a, is a photograph. Sometimes our brush is the written word. Sometimes in this one it's audio. Um, So we're going to start out with audio and then we'll move into video. Audio stories. Audio has been considered like one of the most visual mediums. Which seems counterintuitive until you think about... Think about all the songs that you've heard in your life. Think about some of the stories that you've heard people tell. And think about all the images that you've been able to conjure up in your mind. Think of the emotions that's been pushed out um, from these stories. Happy, sad, scary, whatever they happen to be. Um, Great audio stories are going to engage your listeners. uh, And they're going to engage them with rich personal narratives. And what it does ultimately is, is paint pictures of the human condition that reaches listeners on a deep emotional level. And, you know, not so long ago, I would have said, you know, there's, there's just not that many audio stories anymore. As far as like, you know, you could go into radio and it's radio. I, I don't want to say it's, it, it's not a dying field cause it's not, but it's not, it, there wasn't as much opportunity, uh, radio but now we've moved into the world of you know where podcasting is now huge and there's legitimately no reason why any of you couldn't set up your own podcast um i've got mine set up here in my cabin i've got a computer i've got a small soundboard i have a decent microphone and an internet connection, you know, and some audio editing software, you know, but there's, it's the very base, you can do it with a phone, um, you know, there's attachments to make your phone sound better, you know, microphones and whatnot, and editing options, there's, there's all kinds of things that's possible out there to, you know, create your own, um, create your own space, because there's room. Um, To tell your own stories, you know, and tell the, you know, we need people telling good stories. Um, Now, even the best story, though, can be run by bad audio. And uh, honestly, in the world of electronics, you you generally get what you pay for. Uh, Case in point, long, long ago... In a galaxy far, far away. Uh, I was fresh out of college and I was going to go film weddings for extra money. And one of the things that I needed was a wireless lapel mic because the camera mics just, you know, they're not going to pick up, the, you know, the conversation and the vowels and all that kind of stuff. And so um, I went to what was then Radio Shack, which is now out of business. Um, But basically, all you need to know is I bought the cheapest wireless microphone I could find because that's all I could afford at the time. Or at least that's what I thought. I thought I, I just, you know, I went with the cheapest thing I could find. And I was like, okay, it's wireless, good enough. That became a problem when I tried to record the first wedding with that thing. You know, in, in that particular case, you know, a lot of times you have a wireless microphone and, you know, you may be interviewing a guest and they're only a few feet away from the camera. No biggie. Well, if you're doing a wedding, you know, that bride or groom may be 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 feet away for, or, you know, further away from you um, when you're filming. And the wireless technology, that stuff, you know, distance makes a difference uh, depending on how strong the signal is and you know and all that stuff. long story short, I put my headphones on and I started hearing things that weren't part of the wedding. What I heard was truck drivers talking on CB radios going down the interstate because that microphone was so cheap that it was, it, it was picking up the signal from the mic. But it wasn't dialed in enough to block out all the other stuff. And so this is where I learned really fast, and you know it costs money because you can't you know I had to unplug the microphone because I had all this you know, background noise uh, that you could you, everything could be going great, you think uh, until something starts sneaking in that you didn't know about. Like I have a squeaky chair that I just, I don't care. It's it's an old antique office chair, and I love it, and that's what I sit in, and that's what you're always hearing cracking in the background. Um, if I was going to do something, you know, for a paying client, I probably would pick a different chair that made less noise, you know. so But either way, you don't want things that are going to be interfering. Like, you don't want static. You don't want a lot of background noise. You don't want a lot of other things. And so, you know, picking the right microphone, picking the right setting uh, to record something so maybe you, you know you need to pick a quiet place to do that interview or whatever it happens to be some basic tips for you here's thing one and, and this goes for everything it doesn't matter what we're doing whether we're talking about photography audio recording or video recording double check your gear before you walk out the door um, what I would actually say is double check your gear the night before you walk out the door at least several hours because the first thing you need to know, do you have batteries charged up um, is everything working like does your microphone work correctly are you actually testing things uh, this is one that catches everybody do you have enough record space on your you know SD card or whatever you're using to record on back in the day we were using tapes did you have enough do you have an extra one in case something goes wrong these things you know they seem obvious. Uh, but the problem is they're so obvious that people just sort of like assume everything's fine, and till they get out there and they're doing an interview and their battery dies, or they run out of space, or it turns out they're missing part of the microphone, and so they can't like you know dumb things like the little clip that uh, attaches it to somebody's shirt or collar. You know, had they actually checked their stuff before, they would have caught that. Now, depending on what kind of microphone you're using um make sure it is like you know four to six inches from the subject's mouth but like if you're using a handheld one don't just cram it in their face because that's annoying uh lapel mics are great so those are lavalier mics those are the ones that just sort of they're small and they clip on somebody's shirt Uh, i will say if you're using those things and you're doing video make sure you hide that wire because absolutely nobody wants to look at a wire hanging down the front of somebody's shirt that gets into it just looks sloppy and don't do it ever um as far as microphones though again you get what you pay for uh the one i've got here you know i bought it several years ago and it was kind of pricey back then uh i think you can get it for probably 100 bucks now Um, but I have it, it's a ribbon mic, so it's more of a kind of a studio style mic. It would be terrible out in the field because it's a little too sensitive. Um, but in between my face and it, I've got a little windscreen that helps knock out some of the, like the hard P's and consonant sounds and general, like air from my breath. Also more technical stuff. Don't erase your original audio file until your project's done. Um, there's all kinds of issues that can come, come up and, you know, sometimes you want to hang on to that file stuff anyway, but the last thing you want to do is delete all your raw footage, uh, or, you know, recording, think you're done, find out you have a problem, need to go back and fix something and you've already deleted everything. So don't be in that situation. Also, and this is important and it happens all the time with the broadcast students, Talk like a normal human being when you're on a microphone. Um, speak clearly but naturally. One of the things that I run into constantly and everyone does it because the moment you put a rate like you're in a radio environment or a TV environment suddenly you think you're you're acting like every news anchor you've ever heard and suddenly your voice goes from sounding like normal to something like well, welcome to whatever. It's partly cloudy and a twenty percent chance of rain, and you're just going up and down. And I'm talking like every weather guy or anchor I know, because you're in, you know you're you're making highlights on every third syllable, and you don't know why, but that's just what you do, and it's annoying as hell. Um, real people don't talk like that. So don't pretend that you have, you know, the world already has, you know, a Dan Rather or a Tom Brokaw or, you know, all the old, uh, old anchors, you know, that time is done and gone, move on, speak human, speak normal. Um, I've already talked about it. I'm, I'm going along the PowerPoint. So if you want to follow along, if use a high quality microphone, again, you, you get what you pay for. If you use the cheapest thing out there, you're going to get sound that sounds like the cheapest thing out there. A lot of times, it's going to like have a hiss in the background. It's not going to get a good range of for like your lows and highs, and eh, it's just you know, th- with anything video and audio, the better your raw materials are, the better everything else is afterwards. Uh, the other thing you don't want to get into is I'll just fix it post production. Eh, do you know how to use you know Adobe Audition? like to get that level of quality out of it because you can't get milk from a rock so just make sure you're using um, what you need to be using also can't stress this one enough either when you're recording wear headphones to ensure you're getting quality audio now sometimes that even screws up so the other day when I was recording uh, Greg Kendall Ball's uh, interview I was wearing headphones, everything sounded fine through my headphones except what was going to the computer was not what was going to my headphones and so turns out my microphone wasn't even plugged in to the computer. It was plugged into the soundboard which made it sound like everything was fine. He didn't know the difference so you know I made it through it but the end result was you know I worked to get this good interview and It turns out not to be the thing. You know, I didn't get the quality that I wanted out of it. So, uh, and I've seen that happen with, you know, students in the past. I've had students go out, you know, they they work really hard to get an interview. They do the interview, but they don't wear headphones. And they think they're super excited because they got this great interview. And then they go back and listen to it and find out it's terrible. Like something happened, like something went wrong. Maybe they didn't get any audio or maybe, you know, because you can even watch the needles move and you think you're getting something, but you're just seeing the needles move. You're not actually seeing the quality of the audio. Uh, you're not hearing the quality of the audio coming through. So always, 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 always wear headphones or have somebody there wearing headphones, making sure you're getting what you think you're getting. Other one, here's a pro tip. Make sure you turn your cell phone off or you're, um, and your subject cell phone, if that's possible, at the very minimum, just turn them to vibrate. Um, there's a couple of reasons, at least in the older days, it's not so bad anymore. In the old days, like if somebody's cell phone would, would, went off, like that signal would interfere with the, like it could get into the sound system. And so you would hear like the hum of that signal coming through like the speakers or the headphones or you know or the microphone whatever it would come through even though it wasn't making any noise you could hear it you know the interference coming through you don't have that so much anymore um, because they're pretty well insulated and they're all you know they're far enough away on their own particular frequencies that they don't seem to bleed over as much But the other side of that is, if it's ringing, that's obviously going to make make noise. The vibration can make noise and interrupt. Um, But the other thing, it's just distracting. If you're trying to get into a good conversation with somebody and you're constantly checking their phone or they're constantly checking their phone, it's just not going to work out very well. And, you know, they're distracted. And when they're distracted, they're just not going to give you as good of an interview as they might. Uh, And that's also why, like, I don't i have notes for an interview i don't keep them on my phone because for the same reason i just don't want to ever have to look at my phone and so i usually just turn mine off or set it to the side put it away where i don't see it or hear it because i don't want to be distracted by it um getting more into the technical side of like the actual construction of an audio story like the thing you have to remember with audio stories is that the audience can't see what's going on, and you're like, well, duh, it's an audio story, it's not TV. Well, the thing is, as a, as a storyteller in that world, you know, part of your job as the narrator or the you know the person who's constructing that story is to describe it and give enough audio cues that they can imagine it. Now, the exercise that I I'd like to uh, do in class is like, imagine you're in a Waffle House. Like, or may, imagine you're in a Waffle House and you're blindfolded. Somebody led you in there. Would you know you're in a Waffle House? And the answer is almost always yes, if somebody's ever stepped foot in one of these places. Because there's a very distinct atmosphere and kind of base level noise that's in those places. You hear things like you hear them cooking food because they're just cooking it right there, you know, behind the counter. You hear them calling out orders in that very specific Waffle House way. You hear the people at the other table, depending if you're there at two o'clock in the morning, you know, and people are trying to, you know, sobering up or whatever it is. You hear those conversations, you hear the music, you hear just... There's a, there's just a whole medley of things going on that let you know that you're in a Waffle House. And so if you're telling this story, you know, you need to try to bring that stuff to life. You know, maybe it's natural sound. Uh, maybe it's a little bit of a narration. You know, if you're in a Starbucks or, you know, coffee shop somewhere, it's going to be a different environment and so you need or you know bring that to life if you're in a bookstore again some something different um bring the thing to to life and and this is where audio when you write for audio and 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 video it's it's a different style of writing than you would for like the printed word like you're writing for the ears not the eyes and when, when we write in a broadcast style we write in more of a conversational style you know when you're writing you know for print it's a, it's a it's a different and has a very strict formal rules when you're writing for you know to hear um they're different it's a different flow typically you're writing more in a conversational uh pace and speaking of pace Make sure the pace of your story matches the tone of your subject. So, if you have a subject like, so, let's say you're you're talking about racing, I don't care what any kind of racing—car racing, horse racing, foot racing, whatever kind of racing. Think of racing automatically. You're assuming this is going to be pretty fast pace. And if you're talking like this, then you're boring. People to death, right? Because the pace doesn't fit the reality of the thing.
0: You know, this is when you
1: you know you watch a football game, and there's always a you know color commentator, or any kind of game. There's always people that are, you know the commentators and, and the announcers are always bringing that thing to life, and they're you know they're speaking with the level of enthusiasm that's appropriate for the moment in that game. So make sure you're thinking about that. And even if you're choosing music or you know anything else, make sure all of those things fit. All right, so how do you put one of these things together? If you wanna actually do an audio story. So here's, here's a basic template. This is just a basic template. It's a place to start. It's certainly not a place to finish. It's just a place to start. You might start with just a few seconds of ambient, sort of natural sound. It's, it's to establish the scene. You know, you could talk about Waffle House, or you know, whatever. You could hear. Let's not say it's Waffle House because I've done that one to death. But let's just say, let's go back to a bookstore. You know, it's a few seconds of ambient natural sound. Maybe it's the sound of you know. The squeaky front door opening and hitting that little bell you know somebody's walking in and that sort of immediately kind of gives you this idea of where you are um, it's just a sound you know maybe somebody you know or maybe the sound of pages being turned in a book you know I don't know, grab a notebook it's just a real this is a notebook so you hear that that could be you know something for a school whatever it's just it doesn't matter just it needs to fit well then you come in with some kind of narration track uh or you know some kind of compelling interview clip and this is where you're introducing the story and this is where you're hooking people in remember at the very beginning of the story you need to hook people because you know they're about to give you a certain amount of time and this is time of their life which is really the only commodity that we have and maybe they're going to give you two minutes maybe they're going to give you two hours at this point, you need to establish, you know, why they need to care, why they should be interested, and why you're not going to waste their time. You know, and you can go back and start thinking, like, the narrative arc. You can establish who things is. You can establish, you know, inciting incidents. You can, you know, all of these things that we've talked about already, you know, and you can do that through a series of, you know, interview clips and, you know, narration you know, back and forth, just sort of back and forth. You don't really need to go on with really long quotes of somebody if you can summarize it better and more concisely. You just need to tell that story. And in the background, you know, add some ambient sound to lend a you know sense of place uh, to that thing. You know, people, customers, or whatever is going on in there. Um, you know, if you're talking about like a some kind of meeting going on you might hear people speaking in the background like they're up at a podium talking you know whatever it is and then ultimately you're going to want to conclude with some kind of you're going to want to wrap it up you know maybe it's a reporter track you know narration of some sort maybe it's you know it could be anything you just want to wrap it up um, summarize it and kind of remind people of what matters you know why it matters and what you want and make sure you leave them with what you want to leave them with and that's kinda that's sort of basically it Um, I mean there's a lot more you can get audio it's it's one of those you can just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper but you know to get started you just get started um and now we're just gonna you know that was actually pretty quick so that's why we're just gonna go ahead and jump to video because half a video is audio Remember, video is just taking still photography to, you know, adding different extra dimensions to it. It's not just still photography in motion, because that would be like a silent film, but you're also you're incorporating audio, and so it's the incorporation of all of these things, which truthfully is, you know, kind of more what we're used to as humans. We're used to seeing things play out, and, you know, video is, is best... It's at its best when it reveals dramatic visual elements over time. Like it's one thing to see a still photo of like of lightning hitting a tree. Like you can capture that split second where that lightning hits a tree. But it's far more dramatic If you capture it on video and you have, you know, maybe the rain or wind or maybe nothing at all. It's just quiet. And then the world lights up with that bolt of lightning and then you hear the crash of the thunder with it. This is the difference. This is where they all work together and you're capturing, you know, a moment. Not just a moment, but movement. So here's some basic tips. And a lot of these apply to your other ones. Um first of all, video work is a complex process. Do not underestimate that. Uh, it takes it can be editing can be extraordinarily tedious. Shooting quality video can also be tedious. Um, and it's going to take you time so don't rush through it. Make sure you give yourself plenty of time to do this a starting place this is a starting place because this can get way more upside down for every finished minute of video that you have you should have at least an hour of production time and honestly some cases you may have hours and hours of production time for every minute depending on how complex the project you're working on is so you know, and you need to obsess about these things. Like, if you know a good writer will obsess about exactly which word and how the structure of a paragraph or a sentence, you should be that obsessive about your shots and your editing, uh, making sure like good editors really focus on getting down to the you know frame. They're they're not talking, you know, they're not making edits randomly. They're not making shots randomly, and they're planning out in advance when they're shooting they're thinking about also how they're going to edit that together and they plan and shoot accordingly and they do that because they come in with a strong visual understanding of, of what they're going to shoot you know they they know if they're going into a place you know these are the things that I want to make sure I capture you know if we're going back to you know cooking shows are really popular right now so if you're going to go uh, I keep I guess everybody's focused on food. So I hope you've eaten lately. Um, you know, so if you're going to a really cool restaurant, you know, there's your local, you know, it's, it's one of these restaurants where you've got their own chef and the chef plans out this menu and the chef sources all the food locally. And you really want to capture all of this stuff. Cause it, it, here's the interesting thing about food um, shows. Like the two things that we love most about food is the way it smells and the way it tastes i mean we like the way it looks but mostly we like the way it smells and tastes and those are the exact two things that you cannot get from a video story you can't get that from watching it on tv or on online or in netflix wherever you can't and so you have to shoot it in a way it's going to capture, like I, I like to say visually stunning. You like you need to you need to make your stuff visually stunning enough that you're making the audience at home hungry. Like you want them to taste this. Like you want to kick in, like you're getting a big juicy hamburger or tacos or whatever it happens to be. Like you want to get that shot where the people at home suddenly Go back to the greatest taco they've ever eaten in their life, or the greatest hamburger, and they taste it. That's what you want to do. So, you, but you got to go in and, and do that from the beginning. Um, and as far as interviewing, and again, this just is is straight for interviews. Uh, block out as much time as possible. You don't ever want to have to be in a hurry uh, if the interview gets really good. Some interviews don't work out so well. I mean, honestly, um, some interviews, some interviews are just kind of like, you know, prying rocks out of the, you know, out of the ground. It's just hard to get stuff out. Uh, and so you can, you know, those, those probably aren't going to go so long. And sometimes you start out and they're like that and then something clicks and then the person starts talking and they really open up. They trust you a little bit more. Um, so I, I, when I do my interviews, I typically, I go in with no set time schedule and I'm just and it depends on where you're working and what you're working on and whether or not you'll have that luxury or not. But I will walk in, I'm like, look, we'll talk as long as you're able to talk and as long as this conversation is interesting. And that's what I do. I, I go in for a conversation more than an interview. You know, and that's why when I do a podcast, you know, sometimes they go two and a half hours. Sometimes they go an hour if I'm if I'm talking to somebody, you know. And like I said, if, if I hit an hour, and I just feel like this person has nothing left, you know, to say, or you know, 15 minutes and they have nothing left to say. I'm not going to try to drag it out. Um, but at the same time, if I feel like I'm getting good stuff, I'm not going to cut it off either. So just make sure that you uh, you get everything. B roll. B roll is supplemental footage of uh, whatever the thing is you're talking about. So if you're talking about that local chef and their new restaurant and like if you interview that person you need b-roll of that person so if you're talking about this chef and you've got them sitting there talking you need lots of footage of them like cooking and serving and preparing all you know whatever they're doing you need to do all that stuff and it's not, a, it's like this isn't a non negotiable. You, If you're going to interview a person, you need B roll of that person. And the next question is how much B roll is enough? There's never enough B roll. I don't care what it is. You're never going to have enough B roll. So, however much you think you need, double or triple it, especially starting out. Um, because you'll be surprised how much you'll just want to throw away or you realize that you're just kind of getting the same shot over and over again. And it felt like a lot when you're recording it, but you get sitting down and editing and you're like, I just really wish I had a shot of that. Um, and you just don't want to, you just don't want to you don't want to be there. Um, and periodically kind of like audio, you know, I said, wear headphones when you're recording. You can't you're not wearing headphones with your video but you know occasionally and this has caught me before you think you're recording something it turns out you know there's something wrong uh, maybe you know, I' want to say your exposures off but maybe something there's a glitch something goes wrong Just periodically stop and hit the play button and make sure you're actually recording um, what you think you're recording. Also when we're talking about doing interviews with people, artistically you can shoot in front of a plain wall, but very often what I see people do, is they're just like, they'll have somebody, they're just sitting on their ugly couch in front of a boring wall and the lighting's awful. It's just that that's where the person happened to sit down and whoever's interviewing didn't want to ask them to move. So think about, you know, moving the person away from the wall, you know, get the, get them in a place where the light is better you know closer to a window but not looking right in the window maybe where the window's kind of hitting them in the side of the face you know you got interesting things in the background that you know you can focus and you know the things in the background are a little out of focus so it really helps you you know concentrate on the person you know think about uh, going back to the photography thing one of my current students who is a photographer and just now learning video he was looking at some interview shots and he's like, Oh, you're doing portraits. And I, and I never had actually put that in, in made that connection. But yeah, that's exactly right. When you're setting up an interview shot, you're really setting up a portrait shot like you would in a still frame, except they're going to be talking, but you're, you're setting up portraits and, you know, think about it from that perspective. And that may be help you. Um, also, Shoot to edit. What does that mean? Shooting to edit means that you are going to consider that you are going to be cutting this video. Um, You're going to have starting points and stopping points. And so, you know, if you're just wandering around randomly with a a camera and it's shaking all over the place and you're not really thinking about how it's going to connect, um, quit it because you need to think about how it's all going to connect. You know, if I'm panning from left to right, if I'm focusing, you know, if I'm doing a focus or a rack focus, where you know I start out of focus and I go into focus, all of these things we really need to think about, you know, when you hit the record button, when you hit the stop, you know, stop recording, all of these things, and because you're trying to make your life easier, easier than you would otherwise. Um, also, use a tripod or a gimbal or something to help stabilize shots. Your eye will lie to you and tell you you're holding that camera much more stable than you really are. And I've been doing this for years and I can promise you my shots are never as stable as I think they are. And you don't want to have to rely on a stabilizer and the editing software those things are nice but again you don't want to have to rely on it. a gimbal is going to work a lot better if you're doing a still shot put it on a tripod so you're you know if you're doing an interview shot especially put that thing on a tripod and i've already said you can never have enough b-roll whatever it is you know going back to that chef cooking working in the garden serving people eating the food the food being prepared Close-up shots, medium shots, wide shots, all kinds of shots, different angles, all of these things. Make sure you have really twice as much as you think you are. Also, light matters. This again comes back to where photography would really help you out here. Cameras are better today than they used to be. It used to be if you were you know in really dark area, you know, or darker lighting, then you tended to get grainy this sort of video. Or if it was really bright, things would get really washed out. Um, and these things still happen to a degree. Uh, bright especially tends to wash things out. Plus, if you're shooting people, um, they tend to be squinting a lot, and there's hard shadows, and it just doesn't really look that great. So think about shooting like earlier in the morning or later in the afternoon. Uh, the sun's lower on the horizon. Uh, you know, they, they have this thing called the golden hour, which is like the hour after the sun comes up and the hour um, you know when it's setting you know you can those are those are great times for photography and shooting video um, but the thing about those times is the light is changing quickly so if you're doing something that's going to take a while that might not be the best option also going back to when i was talking about how you frame things um, make sure you're avoiding distractions that are in the background You know, people tend to get tunnel vision about the stuff that they're looking at and they, they tend to forget about what's around the edges and sometimes what's in the background. Really try to separate yourself out from the thing that you're looking at and, and dive in and make sure you're getting, um, what you think you're getting and avoid, you know, weirdness in the background. It may be a person back there or an animal or a thing, you know, something you know, sometimes it may be, you know, you've got something in the background that's just sitting at a weird angle and it looks like it's going into the person's head. You know, there's all kinds of things uh, that could be. Um, just avoid them, you know, or just be conscientious of them. Different kinds of shots. We've got wide shots. we got medium shots. We've got close-ups. We've got extreme close-ups. Wide shots, you know, think if you've got a person standing there, you're getting their whole body head to toe. Medium shot, you're getting them from waist up. Close up, you know, you're seeing their head and shoulders. You get an extreme close up. Then you're, you're getting, like, level that you can see the pores in their skin, like it's close to their eye or their face or, you know, whatever it happens to be. Um, the proper way to focus a camera, you know, you can't do this with a iPhone, but like a, uh, what I would call, like a SLR camera or, or a video camera, uh, you zoom all the way in. Well, first of all, you turn it off autofocus. Um, autofocus doesn't, isn't your friend most of the time because it can, it can be a little ADD and it can see a squirrel and decide to focus on the squirrel instead. But the proper way to focus a camera is you zoom all the way in, you focus the camera, and then you zoom out and reframe the, um, the shot. You know, in in video, if you've got a lot of motion going on, like if you're at a game, sometimes you know, autofocus. Is easier but not always um, edits we, we've got like what we call a cut-in it's a tight shot uh, very often from like a secondary camera a second camera so let's say you're doing an interview and you've got a primary camera interviewing this person but then you've got a second camera that's doing things like getting it's watching the person's like nonverbals it's watching like their hand that person's hand gestures or, you know, their knee bouncing or whatever it is, you know, a cut-in shot is going to be, it's like a tight shot. Like someone's talking, but they're using their hands. You're going to go, a cut-in is a shot of that person's hand. So you're still, you know, focused on that person, but you just get a little tighter. A cutaway is when we're going back to the B-roll. So, you know, you may have a chef that you're interviewing and you're talking about, you know, how he does this thing, whatever this thing is. And... And then, you know, you go to a shot of the chef doing whatever that thing is. So, you know, just make sure it's not out of place. You want to make sure that you're covering the thing that you're supposed to be covering. So, you know, if they're talking about, you know, frying hamburgers, you don't want to go to a shot of them baking a cake. Make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. You're smart people. You get this. Um, terms, I don't think I need to spend too much time. You know, zooming in, you're adjusting the focal length, um, you know, or the area that's in focus. Panning is when you're moving left or right, uh, tilt, you're going up and down. Depth of field is a photography term that you may not know. This is the range of focus. This is what we call the focal length. Um, when you are in photography, the wider the aperture, uh, and the aperture in a camera is essentially kind of like your pupil and your eyeball. Um, it opens up wide, you open it up wide to let more light in, so you would do that in a lower light environment and you shut it down to smaller for a, you know, a uh, brighter environment. Well, the smaller the aperture, the more closed in it is, the greater the depth of field, the depth of focus. And so you can do all kinds of interesting things with that. So if you, you know, you want to shoot with a really shallow depth of focus, and a lot of cameras can do that. Like I can, I can focus on somebody's, with my camera. I can set up. I can focus on somebody's nose, but their eyes are out of focus, All right? Um, and it may or may not be what you want. So you have to be conscientious of that. Uh, tracking, tracking is when you're physically moving along with the camera, or the camera is physically moving along with the subject. So you will see this. Sometimes it's called you have a called dollying. Where you're actually like rolling. You'll see this in movies. They'll have like the camera on like a set of tracks or something, or on a car, and they're rolling beside it, or the person's got like a steady camera rig or a gimbal, and they're walking beside, you know, whoever it is that's tracking. So, how do you put it all together? It's kind of like the audio story. It's not that much different, honestly. You're just adding different dimensions. So, you start. You start a video story in very much the same way that you would the audio story, um, but you do it with a little bit differently. So um, you you would start it almost as if you were doing an audio story because you lay all the primary audio down, like you you're you're cutting in or you're editing all of the main tracks, like your your all the interview shots, the narration, all of that stuff is going down. And so on, honestly, if you close your eyes and just listen to it, you're going to be hearing what sounds like an audio story but if you watch it it's got big gaps you know there's stuff where there's nothing there to see well that's the second thing you come back in and you add like the b-roll shots and you you know highlight portions of the video and you cover up you know awkward transitions um one of the things i see a lot that you don't shouldn't do so if you you've got an interview and let's say the person's saying something really good and then they have a coughing fit in the middle of it and you know then they pick up and you and you just want to pick up where they left off like sometimes i'll see students they'll just cut that part out like the camera hasn't moved but the you know the person sitting there they're talking and then you can just kind of see this jerk because they're they're just this flinch because they just cut out the part where they're coughing and then they just put those you know two pieces back together you know and it's it's kind of jarring and awkward, and sometimes people try to do a little dissolve in there to soften it up. Just don't do those unless you're really trying to do it from an artistic perspective. That's where B-roll comes in. You cover that stuff up. Um, and then third, you add things like natural sound, you add music beds, and sometimes you might add the music beds earlier on depending on how you're editing and if you're trying to match that stuff up. And then you want to enhance, you know, you're doing, you're tightening everything up to enhance the overall story. This is where you're going back and you're really focusing on, is this edit exactly where I want this edit? Are my audio levels exactly where I want it? Is, this video, is this exactly the shot that I want? Or is it not, maybe I need to do something a little different, whatever it is. You're just continually going back over it and it, through, you know, a series of refining edits until you get it, you know, where you're ready to upload it to YouTube and get a million views, you know, and it can happen. It can happen. Um, or you know, maybe you're just getting it ready to go out for your um. I don't know. It's, it's just going out for something, somewhere. Somebody's doing something, and it's good, and you're gonna put it on a show or whatever it is. Maybe Netflix is gonna pick it up. Who really knows what the future holds for you guys? Um really, there's no telling. And so I guess with that, that's how you make that's how you that's how you write you create stories from audio and and and, and video. And you just you tell good stories and people get lost in your words and and that's, I don't know, it's just a good thing. Right, uh, so I guess, with that said, I'm going to leave you with Rob again. And uh, brand new. we'll catch you next time. So long, crew.
0: All right, Ben, why don't you start us off with something a little uh, <coughs> I'm in love with a QVC girl. She doesn't even know my life. I call to ask her a crazy question. But a man answers every time Oh Yeah, I'm in love with the QVC girl. bank account has been banked out. My <laughs> credit card is see-through. American Express lane love is killing me, yes indeed. American Express lane love is killing, breaking me. I'm in need. Seven. So, I long to hear those words. Uh, Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? I can't believe it's going for, it's that, price. Going for that price. You're gonna look so darn cute. You're gonna look so cute. But baby, I need love, not advice. American Express, ain't love. It's killing. Breaking me. I'm in need. Please check out my own to the following internet website SGNrob.com on Bitskysmithers.net or every sweet thing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Un, dos, tres, canto. I in love the QVC girl. She doesn't even know my life. You know this song sounds so familiar If I could just write one last line My legs <laughs> I still think the first trick is probably...